grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Our first lesson for this sixth Sunday after the Epiphany is found recorded in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, beginning at the fifth verse. These words are the basis for our sermon this morning. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is anyone who trusts in mankind, who seeks his strength from human flesh, and who turns his heart away from the Lord. He will be like a juniper tree or bush in the wasteland. He will not see good things when they come. He lives in a dry place in the wilderness, in the salty land where no one lives. But blessed is anyone who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a a tree planted by water. It sends out its roots to the stream. It does not fear the heat when it comes. It leaves, will remain green. It is not concerned about the time of drought. It does not stop producing fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. St. Paul writes, Now if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how is it that some of you, among you, say that there is no resurrection of the dead? For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then it also follows that those who fell asleep in Christ perished. If our hope in Christ applies only to this life, we are the most pitiful people of all. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, beginning at the 17th verse. He went down with them and stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a large number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem, as well as from the coastal area of Tyre and Sidon. These people came to listen to him and to be healed of their diseases. Those who were troubled by unclean spirits were also cured. The whole crowd kept trying to touch him because power was going out from him and healing them all. He lifted up his eyes to his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, because yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, because you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, because you will laugh. Blessed are you whenever people hate you and whenever they exclude and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because of this. Your reward is great in heaven. The fact is, their fathers constantly did the same thing to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich because you are receiving your comfort now. Woe to you who are well fed because you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, because you will be mourning and weeping. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, 
because that is how their fathers constantly treated the false prophets. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded by the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is anyone who trusts in mankind, who seeks his strength from human flesh, and who turns his heart away from the Lord. He will be like a juniper bush in the wasteland. He will not see good things when they come. He lives in a dry place in the wilderness, in a salty land where no one lives. But blessed is anyone who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends out its roots in the stream to the stream. It does not fear the heat. When it comes, its leaves will remain green. It is not concerned about a time of drought. It does not stop producing fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I grew up hearing that it was called old wives' tales. And I'm not sure if I'm using the term correctly. In fact, I don't even know where the term even comes from. But wives' tales were always those little superstitions that were out there that you were to avoid, or you would have bad luck. I've made fun of myself in previous sermons when I said when I was a kid, you know, not stepping on the line because I didn't want to break my mother's back. Oh, I remember as a kid on the farm, we had cats, and, and a cat um, walked right in front of me, and I went and walked the other way because it was a black cat. Oh, and you weren't supposed to walk under uh, ladders because that was definitely bad luck. And if you broke a mirror, seven years of bad luck, as the saying went. Did you have your own little old wives' tales, as I would call them, these little superstitions, meaning you would be cursed with bad luck. I bring up this word curse because don't see the word curse in our text as simply an old wives' tale, simply a superstition, or simply you're going to receive bad luck. When God says you are cursed, you have violated your relationship with the Lord. The opposite of curse is to be blessed. Bless means happy. Bless has the idea that it is God who blesses you with a gift. It may be physical. It's certainly spiritual. But behind it all, one who is blessed is dearly loved by the Lord with that undeserved love of grace and mercy. Not so the one who is cursed. He is not receiving God's love, but rather God's wrath and condemnation. A person who is cursed is a person who has been rejected by the Lord and the words that no one should hear, those rejected words that come from the Lord when he will say to those who have rejected him in this life through unbelief, away from me, you evildoer, I do not know you. Why these words on cursing and blessing? It's during the time of the prophet Jeremiah who had the task sent by God 
to go to the southern kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom is gone. They were taken by the Assyrians over 100 years ago. The southern kingdom now survived an attack by the Assyrians, and after 100 years, they did not repent of their sins. They did not listen to the warnings that were given to their brothers and sisters to the north. And because of their ungodliness, which led to all kinds of wickedness, especially towards their fellow man, the Lord condemned their actions and sent in prophet after prophet after prophet to tell them to repent of their sins, and they would not repent. And it was Jeremiah the prophet who would be one of the last prophets to be sent in, because this is right around the time that the Babylonians are starting to attack. Over a, several, over a time period of several years, he will be slowly conquering this nation over and over again and taking people back to Babylon under captivity. Jeremiah the whole time kept preaching for the people to repent over and over again. But even in the light of the attacks of the Babylonians, they would not turn to the Lord. They turned instead to their false gods. So now, in the most powerful and yet in the most simple way possible, even for a little child to understand, Jeremiah is now proclaiming the word of the Lord when it comes to curses and blessings. Cursed is anyone, doesn't matter, male, female, young, old, rich, poor, Cursed is anyone who trusts in mankind, who seeks his strength from human flesh, who turns his heart away from the Lord. This is one who has rejected the Lord in unbelief. And when you reject the Lord in unbelief, of course, you're going to have your own God. And, and the Lord even, even curses and rejects that other God. And that other God, he makes very clear here, is in man. In other words, it can certainly be in man in the sense of yourself, that I'm God, that's humanism, that I make my decisions, that, that, that I'm the one, this is my body and I can do with it whatever I want, that I'm the one who can control, I'm the one who can beat every, everything and do anything. But putting strength in man could also be in human institutions, or in human entities and believing in them more than God or replacing them over God, which is exactly what the southern kingdom was doing. Instead of turning to the Lord when the attacks from Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian ar army was coming, they instead, they gave money to Egypt. Oh, Egypt was glad to take their money, even though they never did come to help them. Cursed is anyone who trusts in mankind, who seeks his strength in human flesh, and who turns his heart away from the Lord. And if you're still having troubles understanding, he even paints a picture. Look at that juniper bush in the wasteland. That's a real place. Because east of Jerusalem, east of the Jordan, was the Arabian Desert. He even speaks of the salt lands which was a real place as well. 
That was, that was also east of the Dead Sea, the Salt Sea. No one lived there. The land produced nothing, except every once in a while you would see this little juniper bush. If you went up to the bush and touched it, you could snap off its branches. It was so dry, it looked dead. Any leaves it had were so small, and they were all shriveled up anyway. This is, this is a juniper bush, and he says, one who has rejected the Lord is, is this way, dead in the eyes of the Lord, spiritually dead. And isn't it interesting that we hear of even hell itself as a place of burning sulfur? Dead, not in the sense that you've gone off to oblivion, but dead in the sense that you live in hell, rejected from the Lord forever, because you have rejected the Lord here, and you have no one to blame but yourself. The Lord points out that when the time of prosperity comes, they don't even see it, which makes complete sense, because if prosperity comes from the Lord, and you have rejected the Lord, you will never see prosperity, and even eternally. These are very strong words. That's why I had to make it very clear in the beginning, these are not old wives' tales. This is not just simply superstition. This is not, oh, you're just going to have some bad luck, but eventually you'll get out of it. This is eternal when one is cursed by the Lord. Earlier I said that it could be also a human entity. I'm wondering how many of you maybe thought, is he talking about perhaps the government? Or maybe perhaps in the light of a pandemic, science? Because we hear so much about science. And, and if those things are also included, then are these words contrary to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 13 when he told us to submit to the governing authorities because they've been established by God? Understand this, my dear friends, that our government and science, and especially medical science, are blessings from the Lord. The Lord gave us these things. We're thankful for a government that keeps us safe. We're thankful for even a science that wants to discover, you know, the unknown in order to better understand ourselves. But one thing we must always understand, no government and no scientific institution is our God. They can never replace God. Our hope and help is not in any human institution. It is in the Lord. We consider them blessings. We thank God for those blessings. But they're not our God. And above all, one thing that no government can do, no thing and, and no doctor or scientist can ever do, is give us eternal life. That only comes from the Lord. And it is the Lord who says, Cursed is anyone who turns his heart away from him, but blessings 
And happiness, blessed, is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And the word Lord is that in four capital letters. It is that word that was given to Moses at the burning bush. It is that word that can many translate as this is the covenant God because he made an agreement. And we live under that new agreement that through faith in Jesus we are saved. I oftentimes like to translate the word Lord as this is our Savior God who by his grace and mercy, in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of the fact that we deserve his wrath and punishment, he came as our epiphany Lord. He left the glories of heaven and paid the price for our sins. He kept that law perfectly. And he shines forth as the true son of God because of the miracles over and over and over. They point to the fact that he is the one. He is the one because he is the son of God who took on human flesh. And one of the greatest miracles we cling to is the fact that he went to the cross where that great exchange took place. He took all of our sins upon himself and in return gave us his righteousness. And that righteousness is the ticket to heaven. And if you need proof, that brings us to another miracle, his resurrection, the proof that he conquered death, the proof that there's life after death, the proof that because he lives, we too live and live with eternal life in heaven. He won for us heaven. Even the trusting in him is even a gift and blessing from God. We don't come to God because there is goodness in us. We're sinful human beings who need a savior. By the power of the Holy Spirit working through the word, we're called to faith in Christ. Yes, you're doing the believing, but not without the blessing from the Lord. And since the Holy Spirit doesn't work out of thin air, he always works through the word. When we hear of this tree now, not a bush, but a tree like a great oak tree, its roots are in the stream. And, and what is that stream of water that feeds that tree? But the very word of life, the very one who is the water of life, the very one whom the Holy Spirit testifies in that holy word the Lord Jesus himself. Yes, you are like a tree through faith in Christ whose leaf is green. It's not shriveled up. It's not small. It's green. And it bears fruit where the juniper bush bore nothing. It bears fruit that is pleasing to the Lord. And it bears that fruit even in times of heat, even in times of drought, literally in the year of drought. No matter how, many, how much troubles and tribulations, no matter what we face in this life, we do so with confidence in the one who is our Savior. Knowing that heaven is not here. Heaven is with the Lord and with the Lord forever in a perfect relationship with him as he meant life to be in the beginning before the fall into sin. 
dear friends, you are blessed. As believers in Christ, you are not cursed. Therefore, don't ever become jealous. Don't ever become envious of those who have rejected the Lord and it looks like they have happiness. It looks like they have it all. And you seem to struggle in this life. Don't become jealous of those who reject the Lord ever. Oh, they may look like they have it all. They may look like they're happy. But without the Lord, they do not have eternal happiness. Without the Lord, their happiness will come to an end. When they face the Lord on the last day, judgment day. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? You are blessed. Maybe you don't feel blessed. But the fact still remains. In Christ Jesus, you are blessed. And this, my friends, is not an old wife's tale. This is an absolute truth. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.